Once again, greetings and salutations to you, Garage Logic Podcast listeners. This today, uh, you're in for a special treat for the best of Garage Logic Podcast. Over the past week, first four days, we've kind of gone back and forth between the podcast and the old radio show, uh, tidbits, guests, etc. cetera. Uh, this time, we're going way back to 2005, October of 2005. This is where the Joe brought the news out that the Crusher had passed away. And that brought in a whole a, a sea of memories of wonderful tidbits about the Crusher, uh, some having to do with his real life and outside of the ring, and it was just a treasure. And we went segment after segment. So I'm going to play these segments today, and uh, I want to thank Fradloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. I'm sure Mike Fradloni and Larry and Tom, they're all big fans of the Crusher, and they will uh, help you out with all of your um, outdoor needs and your indoor needs as well. Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. And also Aquaside. Speaking of outside, if you want a weed-free lawn, check out Aquaside. These pellets work, and they keep your beach nice and weed-free so you can frolic with the kids in the water. All right, uh, let's get right down to it. This is going to be a... Just a fantastic day for you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I were. And a lot of people have asked for this, so uh, we're going to give the people what they want. Tony? And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, I just have a very strong and fond memories of the Crusher being on television. If I'm not mistaken, one of the uh, early wrestling shows was on Sunday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. You're darn right. From that, the Calhoun Beach Hotel. I think it was 11 to 12. Yeah. And I never missed it because you might have seen The Crusher. <laughs> yeah. It was the John Gallus Comedy Hour followed by an hour of uh, AWA. And then I believe Saturday, maybe Saturday 5, 6 p.m. wasn't there wrestling as well? Now, this would predate your time. You're yeah, a youngster. I'm out of that one. But boy, oh boy, the old crusher, Reggie. <laughs> uh, longtime Milwaukee resident. He was uh, 79 years old. And according to his son, uh, was still doing his uh, weightlifting and, and what have you. But he had a, uh, a number of surger, uh, surgeries to remove a tumor at the base of his brain stem. And uh, apparently that caused complications. That's too bad. Yep. But uh, I'm glad he made it to 79. And there's a picture of him in the Star Tribune uh, making, uh, which was the way the Crusher was always photographed. <laughs> yeah. And that is flexing his, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was flexing his muscles. Mm -hmm. And he had uh, one of the, uh, I think he was a part of that school of wrestling as well, where they all had to have the bleach blonde hair. Right. And uh, <laughs> yes. so he had that going for him. So uh, great living American has passed on. Reggie Lasowski. Big ring in the sky. The crusher. Don? Yeah, Joe, what struck me when I heard that last night on the news was how old he was. He was in his 70s, which in his heyday was 30 years ago. So when he was 
wrestling every Sunday morning. He was in his, what, mid-40s, late 40s? Well, he was 79, but I would put his heyday at 40 years ago. Well, I, I guess and I'm he's still 40, thir- and, and he's, I remember him as a kid. So, Well, at, even at uh, uh, 40 years ago, though, he was 39 years old. Exactly, exactly. So he was in pretty good shape. I'm thinking, yeah. All right, thank you. You bet. Well, now let's see. The wrestling show, now 40 years ago would be 1965. Right, mm-hmm. so maybe when when were those popular locally produced wrestling shows on television? Obviously, you if you remember them. Well, I remember the AWA, the American Wrestling Association, which was the Gan with Vern Gagne and company. I don't know what, uh, but I you might you might be talking about stuff that was. Prior I'm talking to my time. way back, and okay, and, uh, I'm going the 70s, late. Mid to late oh, 70s I, no, no, so no, forth. no. By then, by then, you were seeing something that was fairly well produced and, and almost professional. <laughs> right. I'm talking about it was uh, who was the interviewer? Uh, was it Gino? Marty O'Neill? Marty might have G- been. It was Marty O'Neill, mm-hmm. and he would interview the Crusher, and then the Crusher would pretend to to uh, stomp Marty O'Neill into the ground, <laughs> and and the set would be two card table chairs. I mean, it was. <laughs> In a in a ring, and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a very very uh, very primitive. Right. By the time you came along, uh, you you were virtually uh, you were witnessing a a, a highly you had backdrops uh, and curtains. And, well, and and a theme. You had uh, had a theme. There good were versus bad. The uh, the good and the bad were. Uh, I never knew that about the Crusher. Now that I think back, I I think he might have that that emphasis on the good guy and the bad guy might not have been. So prominent then, they were all kind of jumbled together. But okay. I, I remember being a fan of him because he struck me as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah, uh, hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. Modern wrestling, pyrotechnics. Oh, yeah. Wild costumes. Right. Dam- damsels how, in distress. Do you remember how captivated we were as kids? At the Crusher, and the only props that I can recall the, uh, the Crusher ever using was a claw hammer in one hand and an empty beer keg up on his shoulder. <laughs> yes. It and, seems to me he had some kind of puppet once, too. Oh. And then he would destroy the puppet or something. <laughs> you got me. But uh, one thing I do recall is he was speaking with Marty uh, O'Neill, and he was about to leave the set. He would wave that claw hammer around, and then he would say, I'm going to go take care of some turkey necks. Yeah, turkey necks. You turkey neck. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. David? Joe. Hi. Hey, you guys are doing a great job, and the Crusher uh, is dear to all of us. Yes, he is. Uh, I remember it was sometime in, I think, the late 60s or early 70s, he did a song where he would say, do the hammer luck, you turkey necks. Right. You know? Oh, he'd and sing, I, yeah. It's got to be locally produced. You may put your uh, put your main people on that and uh, dig that thing out. Oh, he did have a record. You're you, right. He, you bet he did. Yeah. All right, thank you. Check it out. All right. The uh, Remember we had Larry Millett on for his most recent book, which was The Coffee ta- uh, Strange Days, Dangerous Nights. Mm-hmm. The wonderful black and white newspaper photography of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. There's a picture in the book of the Crusher uh, meeting 
some elderly woman in St. Paul. I believe he was at her house, and she was a big fan. I don't have the book with me. I'd have to look it up. But what struck me about the picture was that he he was in his wrestling trunks, (laughs) and he didn't have his shirt on. You know, he was over at Edna Grobnik's house. <laughs> yeah, the boots on. And, and he everything. had, and he, he figured, you know, that she, so he's just, and he's doing this and <laughs> making muscles and growling at this woman who's just laughing hysterically. Giving and, her what she wants. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, he, but he didn't have a shirt on. He must have been taken to her house for purposes of this promotional event and mm-hmm. then, uh, Went into character as the crusher. How you doing? I'm the crusher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve? Yes, sir. Hi. I remember going to uh, WTCN, I think it was, down at the Calhoun, whatever it was, to see the crusher about 1960. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those guys when uh, the Haystack Calhoun was there and Crybaby Cannon. Do you remember Crybaby Cannon? I don't. This guy was huge, and every time he was getting his butt kicked, he'd get in the middle of the ring and cry. <laughs> It was just, it was hilarious. And then, and so the Crusher, but my, my big memory of the Crusher was he always smoked a big cigar. Yep. And one time he was doing a commercial for a, for a car dealership in town, like White Bear Dodge or something. And he, he was, he was the original new sheriff in town. Right. Danny Green stole this from the Crusher. Yeah. And he's on TV and he's got nothing but his trunks on. And he takes one of those badges, those sheriff's badges and sticks it right to his chest. <laughs> And finished the commercial. It was a, the greatest thing in the world. This guy just and smoked a cigar and walked off stage. This is oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, have a good day. Thank you. 79 years old, Reggie Lasowski. He's gone. Butch? Yes, Joe. Hi. When I was 12 uh, in 1974, my uh, great-aunt Helen was a receptionist at the Calhoun uh, Manor at that time. And uh, the guy was right. It was uh, alive. Saturday evening show on WTCN. Right. So your loved ones could look for you uh, in the crowd. Right. While you're watching the uh, the match, but, uh, at 12 years of age, I, I thought these guys were real, and I thought they always dressed the way they dressed. And uh, and um, before um, the broadcast, we happened to bump into this uh, this guy in the hallway. In a in a baby blue uh, leisure suit and a briefcase in his hand, and he sheepishly looked up at us. It was the Crusher. No, baby blue. He didn't want you to see him in his street clothes. <laughs> Probably, and he knew my aunt Helen by name. He didn't, she knew all of these guys just uh, cordially. You know, hi Vern, hi yeah. Larry. Yeah. Uh, she even knew Doctor X. Was he uh, soft spoken? Yeah. Oh, they were all very gentlemanly. Um, I, I, and I happened to shake hands with the big K. Yeah. On our way out of the. Uh, uh, That's Stan the Crusher Kowalski, isn't it? Uh, yes, you're right. Yeah. And that night he had a. He kind of. To me, he looked like Elvis. Uh, a big, big Elvis. Uh, and and uh, we actually shook his hand after the match. He, he wasn't even sweaty. <laughs> Butch, thank you. All right. You get everything settled down in there? Yeah. What are you doing? We had uh, 1269 was an expired spot, so we had to go and delete it and make sure. It oh, I thought you were finding me uh, the turkey neck. So. Oh, no, no, that I couldn't do. All right. Steve? You know, the best thing was, remember he used to come on and tell you how he was training? 
eating more mashed potatoes, yep. more gravy, and throwing the bums out of my mama's bar. That's right. And I remember seeing him at the Met, and the, be- the the wrestling was phenomenal, but the better wrestling was in the audience when you get the farmers all whooped up in there. Right. The one guy say, oh, he wrestles like he's from Litchfield. And one guy goes, i show you where Litchfield is, and those two would be duking it out in the stands. Remember was- in his early days he had the uh, the kind of the crew cut or the flat top? Yep. And then as he got more into the 60s, he tried to have the long hair. The long hair and the big pork chop sideburns, but yeah, they were yeah. all bleach blonde. So, right. And and that puppet was, I think, was supposed to be Nick Bockwinkle because they had That's a big right. rival. He had a Nick Bockwinkle puppet. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, the, and the bleach blonde hair was there, so when you got that little cut, it looked like you had about a pint of blood on your head. Oh, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. I've, I later got to know Nick Bockwinkle very well. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember why I did, okay. but nice guy. Okay, I met him a couple of times. But I never had any. Nice. I never had any chats with him about uh, Reggie. I do. Hey, I bet those guys didn't make a nickel, no. you know, compared to uh, compared now. to today. Right now, know. they're making millions. Yeah, I do have a little crusher. It's not the turkey uh, yeah. neck, but. You'll have another chance at a crusher. You don't invite this committee for a night's over. The only place I meet that bum is on the street or an alley. I'm gonna beat that bum. He'll never walk again around here, I'll tell you that. Any time, any time, any place. Oh, what did, where did you, what is uh, that? Jimmy Francis. He, do we have a year that on that? Uh, I do not have a year on that. That's the crusher. How, well, about, the, th- how about that? Uh, any time, any place. I'll take the bum <laughs> on the street in the ring. <laughs> See, I can't do it. <laughs> no, it I start coughing. Well, you need to drink more beer and be from Milwaukee. And chewing on a, a And eat more stub. mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> Kicking bums out of my mother's bar. Well, we could, uh, but judging by the uh, callers, we could keep going forever here, but we won't. We won't do that. Okay. Uh, here's a picture of the Crusher as I most remember him, and that is with his short hair. And then he tried to be groovy, and he went long haired. I don't remember the groovy years. Uh, he wrestled as recently as 1986. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and the Crusher defeated King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. Big John Studd. I remember mm-hmm. Big John. Big John, I think, had some heart trouble, too. Does this uh, show me uh, where that, uh, what years those uh, television shows would have been on? Now, his notable f- uh, feuds were with Ray Stevens, Black Ray Jack, the Crippler Stevens, Black Jack Lanza, Larry Henning, Nick Bockwinkle, Bobby Heenan, Jesse the Body Ventura. Hmm. It's too bad Jesse is such a. It's too bad Jesse's He'd Jesse. He'd probably talk to you on that. It would though. be fun to talk to him about the crusher. Uh, Fritz von Erich and Vern Gagne. Huh. I wonder, I bet I bet, I bet, bet Jesse does have some uh, fond memories of Reggie Lasowski. Oh, I'm sure he does. As, as, do, as does the Twin Cities. As does the hearts of wrestling fans everywhere. If you own a lake home or you got the old swimming hole or pond on your property, get a hold of my friends at Aquaside. Aquaside has been helping people maintain nice lake shores for 60 years. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that take care of everything from weeds to unidentified vegetation to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, your family, and that whopper crappie you're going to catch at the end of the dock. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. You don't need to. Call Aquaside. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call Aquaside 
White Bear Lake Company, by the way, at 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. You have no reason to have weeds on your beach this summer, and it's going to be a long, sweltering, great summer of swimming. Call Aquaside, aquaside aquaside.com. DKMags.com on Old Highway 8 up in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun. They offer everything we need in this age where law and order and common sense is being routed by ignorance, socialism, violence, and power-hungry adult children. The GLers, uh, we're, we're really keeping DK Mags busy right now. And, and thank goodness we have them on our side. They offer us solid facts and competitive prices on everything firearms related. But obviously now with this run on Second Amendment items, even with plenty of inventory on hand, some purchases will have to be limited at DK Mags so we all get some. And I know some of us GLers, we're the private and quiet types, but I, I want you to mention to the staff that you're a GLer because that will get duly noted and allows this relationship to continue and flourish uh, because the GLers at DKMags.com and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're, they're here to help all of us. Uh, and they want to acknowledge uh, the partnership uh, with a little bit of a wink and a nod. At all, As always, uh, you're going to get another 5% off at DK Mags if you're in law enforcement or in the military, a veteran or first responder. DKMags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. got to be a reason. Take that down, please. There's got to be a reason the phone lines instantly went crazy. The the crusher must have touched a lot of people. I haven't... I'd be heartbroken to hear uh, a story about him that was uh, of, 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 of a boat charter variety. Oh, right. I mean, he, for all I know, I he think... was... For all I know, he was a hellraiser. I have no idea. But he... But he seemed to uh, convey... Uh, something to the audience that is memorable to people, whether it was uh, his vulnerability, perhaps, uh, or or it was almost as though you could sense he was giving you the wink. You know, <laughs> that's probably it right there. You almost could sense he was giving you a little of a little of the wink. Hey, kid, you know, or yeah. something like that at the you know St. Paul Auditorium. That he was the you know that he might have had the big heart. Oh, I would not deny that. I, at I'm all. hoping that he did. He and did. Let's just his say son sure speaks fondly of him. You know, I don't know how many kids he had, but uh, he just—I think he—I think he whatever it is, I think he got it. Okay. Jim. Yeah. Hi, Joel. Hi. Yeah, my favorite uh, Crusher story was when uh, on Saturday night in the '60s when we were watching it on TV. Yep. And. Uh, Mad Dog Vashon is fighting the very capable Kenny J. Oh, yeah. The, the capable Kenny J. Yeah. With a bag of dog food <laughs> and throws it at the, onto the ring, and the Mad Dog trips. Uh-huh. And the Kenny J falls on him and pins him. And Mad Dog comes back just madder than heck. Yeah. And, he, and, and there comes out Wally Carbo, and, and Mad Dog says, I want this match. I want this match tonight. Yeah. So, that, so Wally Carbo said, You have it. So Mad Dog fought the Crusher that night, and we took the bus downtown Minneapolis and saw the fight. It was just great. No, no, you've just raised something interesting that I needed clearing up. The television deal 
was setting up that that night's card, right? Oh, you bet. The yeah. card started about 7.30, 8 o'clock, if I remember right. That right. was a 6 o'clock show. Yeah, so you'd watch on TV, and then you might get so pumped up, you'd actually go downtown and buy a ticket. Oh, yeah. Okay. My friends and I would do it. We were probably in ninth, 10th grade. Yeah. And it was safe to take the bus down. Oh, from, sure. And, oh, we did it all the time. All right, thank you. Thank you, Joe. David. Hi there, Joe. Hi. I was fortunate enough to live in Milwaukee, uh, graduating around 1970, and uh, he was just loved by people in Milwaukee. And one of my fondest memories was of him having a cage match with Mad Dog Vachon mm-hmm. in the, uh, not the Milwaukee Arena, but the air-conditioned Milwaukee Arena right. that he would promote uh, for you to go there. and uh, First home of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah. All right. right. And there were 12,000 people there that night, and women and children were crying because they thought the crusher was going to die at one point in there. <laughs> it was so great just to look at the crowd. People believed it. Half oh, yeah. of them there in Milwaukee did. Yeah. But one of my great thrills was uh, I had a, uh, here's a high school name of somebody from uh, Milwaukee. I had a friend called Andy Vandenoven. Yeah. And he actually dated the crusher's daughter. No. How would you, how could you date the crusher's daughter? How would you have the, Gall or the guts oh, oh, you walking on eggshells. Absolutely. This was intimidation from point one to point two. I oh, boy. It. He turned, it turns out he was. He said he was a heck of a guy. I just had that feeling. I, I, he, he must have been. Look at all the people that remember him so fondly. Yeah, he was. It was fantastic, and he would always get people to feel that sense of pride in Milwaukee because he said, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go jogging on the shores of Lake Michigan with this uh, beer keg on my right. <laughs> on my shoulder to train." And that was that's all people needed down there. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, that's a brave guy though to date the Crusher's daughter. Yeah, you're uh, not kidding. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, he says to be home by ten. You Quarter better two. be home Quarter by ten. Two. GLers keep calling and asking uh, the Grunhoffers people if Reavers has taken all the meatloaf. If Reavers isn't, someone is. The crew at Grunhoffers, prior to the 4th of July, and I'm sure there'll be some left after the 4th of July, made 500 pounds of meatloaf. That's amazing. Spencer sent uh, Chris Reavers a picture of the meatloaf coming out of the smoker. And it was all in stock for the 4th. But the 4th doesn't end your grilling season. Consider the bone-in tomahawk ribeye steaks. These steaks are about 3 pounds each and and 2.5 inches thick, not to mention the brats, the burgers, the salmon, the jerky, the chicken, the steak. You know the Grill. You know the drill, GLers. It's uh, it's the GLers Palace of Meat, Grunhoffers, old fashioned meats on Highway 61, right at the north end of Hugo. And I'm just reading an email from uh, the chief who said he loves the pit smoke, Q and bacon, cheese curd brats, along with some medium rare New York strips. Is, uh, I tell you what, you're going to be grilling outside again all summer long. Get to Grunhoffers old fashioned meats in Hugo. Well, we have to play this song, huh? We've got the song. Yes. It's called uh, Turkey Neck. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I can tell by the way it'll sound. I can pretty much nail down when it was when it was done. But it's probably the mid-60s. Well, the, the quality of oh, the... Oh, I, I don't expect a symphony here. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. He good. used to serenade. Uh, he would do Good Night Irene. He would hold a mop. And, and, the, and the mop would be Irene. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and I, who sent me that? Uh, Don <laughs> Jones. Yeah, he's serenading uh, Goodnight Irene. He used a mop, was Irene. Oh, man. Well, here's Turkey Neck by Reggie Lasowski. 
And well, unfortunately, we can't play the music because it is a song, but I think you get the gist of the message. So we're going to fast forward here until the song ends and Joe continues on. Woo. That was Very the nice. that was the height of insult in American culture. Was you are a turkey neck. <laughs> See that was it's an old reference wasted on the youth for me. Turkey neck. Yeah. That's if he if you were on if you were on his bad side, you were a turkey neck. <laughs> Isn't that charming? Yes. <clears throat> well, we could go on forever doing this, but you know there's a lot on the mayor's desk today. A lot okay. of news that affects Garage Logic. Okay. Well, maybe none more than the memories of Reggie Lasowski. White Sox up two games to nothing uh, in the World Series. Vikings go to Carolina Sunday to see if uh, they can make something last from what happened yesterday. I don't know if they've turned it around or not. A three-point win over a down Green Bay team doesn't really seem like a a huge step. A down Green Bay team, but one uh, piloted by a Brett Favre who looked in the first half like uh, he was 25 years old again. Mm-hmm. He was That's extraordinary. Like he can th- he he doesn't throw the ball. He fires the ball. He was extraordinary. He was he was playing extremely well. The Vikings, to their credit, were a completely different team in the second half. Completely different team. I don't mm-hmm. know what Tice told them. That's the that's a matter of much speculation around town now. What uh, what tongue lashing? Did Tice uh, unload on these fellows? Uh, whatever it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. John? Joe, I, I won't take a lot of time. There's just a couple of memories about uh, the Crusher. Uh, when I grew up, we every Sunday morning we went down and visited the grandparents, and my grandfather sat there in his wheelchair, and if it was one good leg, he would he would kick as the, as the moves would happen on the wrestling mat. <laughs> and... Uh, the Crusher would come out and do his commercials in between, and one was for the Curtis Mathis TV uh, store. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out, you know, and he's got the cigar in his mouth, and he says, I got a thousand stitches in my head. And I got, are you tired of your old worn-out TV? And he'd throw it off his shoulder. Come on down to Curtis Mathis and buy a new TV. It was Coon Rapids. Are you Coon tired of right. Throw it away. My grandfather went out and bought. Now, those Curtis Mathis, those things were furniture. Yeah. I mean, that covered a whole wall, and it was just a regular TV screen with a huge cabinet. And my grandpa went out and bought one. And uh, I love the part where he says, I got a thousand stitches in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just the greatest. Why? Why are we all having such wonderful memories of this guy? Uh, I was a kid, and it was just so much fun to sit around with my grandparents and watch that. I don't know. It was just just a good time in my life. I have the sense that... uh, in the year 2005, wrestling has lost its popularity. Is it still as big as ever on cable TV? I, I couldn't even begin to Either could I. that. Yeah. All right, thank you. you I don't think they have the same age-wise. They don't have the same amount of fans. My grandma, 80 I think years it old, peaked. used to watch no, that. I, I mean, uh, who, who is the, the hotshot promoter? The, uh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince McMahon. Has his era come and gone, or is that still huge? I don't follow wrestling. Ca- I don't either. I don't either, but there was a time when you could not avoid stumbling across it when you were clicking, and I, I don't sense that's taking place right now. It's really not taking place right now, Suchi Boy, but you know what is? Solar. 
solar energy, making money, or at least not having to have an energy bill. Livewire Solar can help you GLers. Now, there's two guys, Troy and Tim. They are GLers, and they will take care of your property by giving you and no obligation analysis of your building or your home and a report on how much money you could save by installing solar. Yes, Livewire Solar can help you save money with a custom-designed solar energy system for your home or for your business. What's the financing program? Okay, how about no out-of-pocket costs and pay for it in four to six years with the money you save in your energy bill? Think about that. Let that soak into your independent mind. No out-of-pocket. Your system is paid for in four to six years. That sounds like common sense, and it sounds like your energy independence. If you want to save money on your energy bill for your business or your home, get in touch with Livewire Solar. They're the Midwest solar experts, and they also know about local incentives that could save you even more money. These guys are electrical contractors. They have been for a long time. So if you need to do a job as well, you can give them a buzz. They'd love to help you out. Livewire Solar MN, LivewireSolarMN.com. A no-obligation analysis for your building or your home and that report on how much money you could save. What have you got to lose except an energy bill? 651-688-2400, 651-688-2400, or go to LivewireSolarMN.com and tell Tim and Troy, that the Rook sent you. They're GLers. They want to help you become independent together, as I've said before. Check them out and tell them that the Rook sent you. LivewireSolarMN.com. This is Patrick James Stephen Ricey for the Canopy Group. As you set out to explore Minnesota this summer, we all hope, think about this. There are 234 cities in Minnesota with populations over 2,500, and the Canopy Group has clients in all but seven of them. Why is this fact important? Because the Canopy Group's experience in all of these Minnesota cities gives them a unique edge in getting you the best home and auto insurance coverage at the best price. Remember, the Canopy Group offers 15 insurance companies for a reason, to match your specific situation with the absolute best insurance company for you. This is done for you every year because your specific situation may change. It is also true that the insurance company's appetites might change as well. The experience working throughout Minnesota provides thousands of Canopy Group clients the peace of mind knowing the Canopy Group is working for them. Please visit thecanopygroup.com today. Jim Brunzel. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. A, a friend of mine at work called uh, Bob Dirks, and he told me that Joe Sushri talking about the crush, and he said you should call him up and give him a holler. Jim and I went to school together, grew up together. I've known Jim all my life. Jim, tell me this. why uh, You knew the crusher, obviously. Why are we having this reaction? What what was it about him that endeared him to us? Well, I think he was, you know, he was one of a kind. He was uh, the original um, character wrestler that uh, sort of uh, the Twin Cities and all the upper Midwest really uh, liked to watch. He was entertaining, you know. He'd just, he'd find something in the hallway and, you know, bring it on to his interview and right. make up a little story. Uh, everything was ad lib with him, and uh, 
you know, he'd talk about Wanda and talk about, you know, whatever, and he was just a, a, a real classic. His wife's name was Faye. Yes. So he would be making up these damsels in distress that he was rescuing or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, he never went out afterwards. He, 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 was, he was one of the old-time wrestlers that a lot of the time was spent in the car traveling from town to town. Right. And uh, uh, he wasn't uh, uh, one that would go into the local bars at all. Yeah. Really? Oh no! You're ruining my image. Oh Don't no! No! That. No! You're here. You're upholding the image. In other words, he was. He was. He kept to himself. He was a quiet guy. Yes, he was. Isn't that something? That's he, a shock. He, he preferred a, a bottle of champagne or nice wine to a six pack of beer. Really? Now you are blowing his image, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was a great guy, and, and in in the last uh, few years, uh, he passed away a couple, two or three years ago. And, yeah. Uh, uh, they were married fifty some years, and he, he took it pretty hard. And then, and then he, uh, you know, had a quadruple bypass probably twelve years ago. And then this summer, he uh, he had a bout with a, a non-cancerous uh, tumor in his brain, and that mm-hmm. left him blind in in one eye and and uh, inability to eat. So he was uh, fed through a tube. He lost a lot of weight. I, and uh, he was in a nursing home and um, a rehabbing. And uh, apparently uh, they went to uh, uh, rouse him out of his favorite chair, and uh, he had passed away. At the height of his career, or let's let's let me rephrase it. Back in the '60s, what kind of money were guys like him making? Was he able to have his family live in high style, or was he uh, was it just uh, paycheck to paycheck? Well, I think, you know, he had a real nice home in uh, Cudahy, Wisconsin, which is not too far from the airport there in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Nice home, a nice swimming pool. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I would say that in that era, you know, pre-WWF, I would say that he was probably making, uh, you know, I would say sixty-five to 95000 Oh, a year. back then, that's a lot of money. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he came from working class uh roots and and never was extravagant in anything although he always had a real nice cadillac <laughs> was he good to young guys like you you know i i think he was i learned a lot from him i i learned not to trust promoters mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know he like i say he was from the old school where uh the the older time re- uh wrestlers really didn't uh put too much faith in the promoters and you know you had to fight for everything that you got mm-hmm. and i think that's the way he uh, more or less, uh, you know, lived his professional life. Jim, I'm glad you called. Yeah, a, a number of us are going to uh, go to the funeral uh, Friday, and uh, I think Vernon, Greg, and myself, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jim Rasky, Kenny Patera, mm-hmm. are uh, going to go down to Milwaukee. So it'd be sad. It was, you know, um, he was a legend. You're not you're not climbing back in the ring anytime soon, are you? Oh no, not a boy. No, the only the only time I I climb back is if I could wrestle Jesse. Yeah. Well, I want to know. I want to be there if that happens. Are you calling in as a killer bee or a high crier? I want to uh, know if Jumpin' Jimmy's calling in as a high crier. You know. <laughs> Come on, Jimmy, tell him the truth. You turkey neck. Yeah. No, just as Jim Brunzel, ex wrestler. Thanks, Jim. In eighth grade, Mm -hmm. I could have told this with him on the air, too. In eighth grade, you knew Brunzel was going places. 
Okay, you, you got a feel for it. Because we're all looking at our gruel at lunch. <laughs> yeah. at this gruel it came, you know. <laughs> and he whips out a tape measure and shows everybody his calf muscle. <laughs> just for what the heck? Just for the know? sake of the game. I'm telling everybody. And he played, didn't he? He played for the Gophers, Gopher football. Okay. And uh, he was a great athlete. Great athlete as a kid. And then he had a great wrestling career. He really did. Yeah. Stay tuned. As bicycling has taken the country by storm, I hope you can get up to EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. EcoFun is the home of the Bintelli e-bike, the great electric assist bike with five different levels of assist, so it really looks like you're a racer flying along there, but you're getting a little help from the electric assist. It's fantastic. They also have a great line of scooters that get about 75 miles to the gallon and turn every errand into an adventure. Great stuff for kids, great recreational stuff for kids. Hell Helmets, uh, apparel, uh, and a really interesting service operation. If you need some work, Tim sends a truck through town once a day, picks up what you need servicing, takes it back to his shop in Forest Lake, services it, and returns it to you for a nominal fee. It's a really, really great service department. This is EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 because, of course, garage logicians own Highway 61, and we're proud to have EcoFun as part of our string of champions up and down that great thoroughfare. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. The 2020 Patriot Ride, it's back for at least one more ride, but it's going to look a lot different this year. Instead of just canceling the ride due to rider demand, everybody said, no, 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 we're going to ride. We're going to ride no matter what. This year, you build the team, or I should say, we build the team, we pick the route, and then we ride. This could be the most epic Patriot Ride ever. Click on PatriotRide.org for more information. It's been around since 2006, and it's always been about thanking the veterans, recognizing servicemen and women, and, of course, honoring fallen soldiers. And this is why the event has meant so much to so many. Throughout the years, countless people have helped bring the community together and show their true patriotism. Patriotism, I can say it. The GL Podcast. They want to thank all the organizers, volunteers, riders, supporters, every single person that has supported the, the event year after year. And now it's our turn to show them what we've learned. Let's do it. Let's organize our own teams and routes, and let's get out there and ride. The dollars raised by the Patriot Ride, it benefits the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Minnesota's Military Appreciation Fund, and the Minnesota Chapter of Tribute to the Troops. That website again, head to PatriotRide.org for details and to register yourself, a team, or just donate. That's PatriotRide.org. 6-8-2-5-5-8-7-7-6-1-5-1-500. I can't believe... Six four six eight two five five. Can't believe the outpouring of people who want to remember the crusher. He was a hero. I had no idea. I mean, hero. well, I did have an idea, or I wouldn't have mentioned it. But when I saw the obit this morning, I, it was one of those oh no obits. I went down to sports today, and that's what they were talking about. Oh, the crusher died. The I mean, crusher died. <laughs> The Crusher. And those were guys that didn't even grow up here. See, I always thought he was from here until he made it clearer during his uh, pummelings of Marty O'Neill that he was from Milwaukee. <laughs> Charlie? 
Yeah, Joe, I just got to. Years ago, uh, I lived in Hutchinson, Minnesota. My dad was a cop there, you know. Mm -hmm. And these wrestlers used to come around the country, and they came to Hutch High School Auditorium. And you remember a guy by the name of Adrian Bailajan? He used to pull a horse up a, a telephone pole with a strap on him. <laughs> you know, just anyway, he was there, and a guy by the name the uh, Adrian Bailjan and his hard-boiled Haggerty. My dad said, well, you know, I was had stars in my eyes. He said, well, go get his autograph. <laughs> I went to get his autograph, and the guy kicked the pencil and pad out of my hand. My old man jumped in the ring and beat the snot out of him. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Who kicked the pencil and pad out of your Hard-boiled Haggerty. Oh, not the crusher. No, but the crusher was there. And when the old man went in and beat the crap out of him, the crusher jumped in the ring and held up his hand. Mm -hmm. Arm, you know, victory for Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a picture of that too. That's no kidding. Oh boy, that's something. Yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, but cop jumps in the ring. <laughs> Kent. Mr. Mayor. Hi. Hail Flashlight King. Hail you. Um, I was never a wrestling fan. Right. But when I was in high school, I was I lived in Detroit, and went down to a wrestling match with a bunch of my buddies this must have been about 68 or 69 okay and the tv station down there had uh the ring which was about 14 by 14 or maybe 12 by 12 the ring mm -hmm. and the bleachers were just a little bit wider than that right on one side right and the bleachers and the camera was on tracks right and you slowly rotated around the ring so that the camera was always facing the bleachers, but the camera always got a different angle of the ring. That probably was the way they did it here at the Calhoun Beach Hotel. Well, I wasn't living there here then. Right, so WTCN did it. Is it really? That was WTCN then. What were they then? Channel 11, I think. Channel 11. And I think they were the independent station then. I believe so. As opposed really? to a network station, yeah. That's what they did? Yeah. I thought that was pretty unique. But we always gave the guys, or we gave the guys heck when uh, I was there, and, you know, they always threatened to throw chairs at us and stuff. But right. It was just, it was just, it was fun. All right, thank you. Thank you. Let's do this again. Four was always CBS. Five was Five N NBC. Right. Nine was ABC, if I'm remembering it correctly, and 11 was independent. Okay. Uh, that's my story. That was back, right. Yeah. So I'm in the Crusher days. Mm -hmm. I'm focused on the Crusher. Right. That's, that's what we're here to talk about. The Crusher was WTCN, mm -hmm. Channel 11. <laughs> Mike? Yeah. Hi. Hi. You know, you were asking what was the mystique or why did we regard him so much. I grew up a Polish Catholic and uh, obvious interest there, but nobody could work, not even the Pope could work a room like he could. Yeah. He always had something funny. On New Year's Day, this was in the late 60s with Marty O'Neill, this is true, he asked, Marty asked the Crusher, Crusher, did you have a good New Year's Eve? And the Crusher said, Marty, I must have. I woke up face down in the snow with snowmobile tracks on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and what we know now is, of course, he, he, he did not uh, right. lead that kind of life. So that's where I got the idea that he was always sticking it to us. 
Exactly, and, yeah. and you, I think you knew that, but you still look forward to every weekend. Oh, what yeah. would you come up with now? <laughs> Marty. You're a very funny man. Oh, very much. Thank you. Yeah. Dean? Yes. Quickly, yeah, quickly, please. Went to high school in uh, Milwaukee. All right. And uh, a wrestling team played South Milwaukee. Reggie's son in 1967 was a wrestler and a good one. Okay. Crusher's up in the stands about 15 rows up with his doll, Faye. His son's throwing our guy around like a rag doll. Right. And uh, Crusher's up there. He says, what are you waiting for, a beer? Pin him, pin him. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Okay, bye. What are you waiting for, a beer? At a high school match. He's still working it there. He's yeah. working a high school crowd. <laughs> Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over 40 dollars, it ships fast and free in the united states yeah anywhere they're a local minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the chill boys family whether you want the performance the bamboo it doesn't matter you're going to really be happy with your purchase at chill boys brand on twitter can't keep up with the wonderful uh, emails i'm getting Joe, I was employed with Target stores in Milwaukee, Wisconsin from 1970 to 1977. Crusher would come in frequently to purchase items and would always bring his wife with him. Mm -hmm. One day he came to buy new patio furniture. He and his wife looked over the furniture. She would come to me and ask a question and go back to discuss it with him. This went on for over a half an hour. They finally selected the items they wanted, and I moved the front of the store and helped them place the items in their vehicle. His niece was one of our cashiers, and I asked her why the crusher wasn't talking. She stated he never wanted the public to know how, how soft-spoken he really was, and he could not keep up the voice all the time because he would get a sore throat. Bob Gunter sent that in. Uh, <laughs> that is great insight. Uh, who just sent me? Yeah. I just sent a note. Joe, uh, I had a better note than this. Here it is. Uh, Kurt, uh, looks like, uh, Wallemson sent, uh, said, Joe, I went to high school, Edina, class of 64, with Bobby Nolan, whose group, the Novas, cut the record, the Crusher, in 63. Now, are people wanting to hear that again? Yes, they are. Now, here's the Crusher. It was recorded by an Edina group, the Novas. This is 1963. That's when I would have remembered the Crusher at the height of his magnetism. <laughs> And again, we are not allowed to play the uh, song due to uh, violate copyright violations. So we'll get this one out as um, we'll pick it up as soon as they are uh, complete. Sorry, guys, but this is not my rules. Or pause it, pause it, pause. Can't pause. Well, now listen, we have a, we have a controversy developing. 
What what's the controversy? Uh, this email uh, says Joe. The liner notes on the album "The Rhino Brothers Present the World's Worst Records" say the Crusher, a 1964 regional smash for the Novas, ranks alongside Pencil Neck Geek by Freddie Blassie in the pantheon of wrestling rock. Despite the fact that the lead singer, contrary to opinion, is not the Crusher. Really? But rather, 18-year-old Bob Nolan, the referred to in the previous email, Bobby Nolan, whose group was the Novas. 18-year-old mm-hmm. Bob Nolan, then a 230-pound senior at Edina Morningside High School. You want me to pick it up again here? Pick it up again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take it down. Uh, Tom Wilson uh, did learn what uh, Mike Tice told the guys in the locker room. What what did they say? Uh, boys, go out and win this one. I'll pick up the next boat ride. <laughs> uh, Larry writes, Joe, it's simple. The reason uh, folks remember the Crusher so well is because he made us laugh, just like Johnny Carson and other great comedians who did not have to get obscene to be funny. Well, he might be onto something. Tawny Carbo. Yes. Hi. Hi. Are you Tawny Carbo as in daughter of Wally Carbo? I am the daughter of Wally Carbo. Yes, I am. Well, thanks for calling. Thank you. Did you know the Crusher? I did as a little girl. Yeah. Um, I was at the first match where he took an aluminum chair and broke my dad's nose. <laughs> <laughs> did Walt? Did Wally I, know that was coming? I, I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, but Dad tried to keep me away from the wrestling circuit, so right. I begged and begged to go, and I wanted to sit in the first few. Uh, Seats and he made me sit all the way at the top, and right. I remember a big fight, and we all had to leave. <laughs> so the dad didn't take me out much after that. Did, yeah, Crusher didn't hang around the house with you afterwards. Um, just a little bit. I, I do remember a couple visits from Reggie, mm-hmm. um, and my mom also too. She's passed away, and mm-hmm. she was in wrestling. So it's uh, we send our condolences to the family and. Uh, Good memories. My dad loved him. Yeah, I know he, he did. He loved all his boys. Yeah. And I want to thank you for doing the program you did on Dad. It was it was very nice. Well, thank you. Very, very nice. All right, thanks, Tawny. Oh, thank uh, you so much. Larry Batson started me as a sports writer, and Larry Batson was very tight with Wally Carble okay. and did some of the best and funniest columns that you've ever seen because he would get inside that wrestling mafia and, <laughs> and the stories were just absolutely incredible. Claire? Yeah, hi, you guys. Hi. Yeah, see, I got to tell you, I was really in the thick of it. I lived uh, originally out in Mound when I was a kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was to... Ganya territory. Well, you got it. Yeah. Well, I went to Our Lady of the Lake School uh, with all the Ganya kids, so I knew them all. Okay. I re- actually remember Greg bringing one of the first bottles of Jira Speed to show all the nuns out there. <laughs> <laughs> I was standing there. It was pretty cool. Jira but... Speed. You remember that? Yeah. 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 Isn't that funny? But anyway, the Crusher thing, I, I can't tell you who adored him more than I did. I, I loved him. I, I imitated him. I drove my dad just crazy. He loved when I did the Crusher. And my Uncle Joe would always take me to the wrestling matches downtown, right? Mm-hmm. And he knew I loved wrestling so much. And so anyway, but my uncle was real clever. He'd say, 
Clarinelle, you got to get really creative. You don't go after the guy who's really, really popular. You go to the other side so you get an autograph for sure. You get one, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'd get like Joe Snyder, and he even told me, he goes, go to the referee and get one. He mm -hmm. goes, it's Jersey Joe Walcott's refereeing this match, you know. So I got that autograph. And then um, it was, then Crusher gets up against um, Mad Dog Vashon, you know, and of course the kids, everybody's just going nuts, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they pull out, of course, the chairs from underneath, you know, perfectly positioned underneath the ring, you know. Mm -hmm. And they start going at it, you know, and of course Crusher's bleeding. And he goes to leave the auditorium, and I thought, okay, I am going to get creative. I took my whole autograph book, mm -hmm. and as he's going by me and yelling, you're, you know, I slapped my book on his back. Oh, boy. And rubbed, and I got blood in my autograph book, you guys. <laughs> You've I, got his DNA. I do. And you know what? I was mobbed by all these kids, man. They go, yeah, I'll pay you some money. Give me your autograph book. I go, no, get out of here. See, I don't think... I'm beginning to get an idea how big this guy was. Oh, to our generation, he, he was huge. I loved him. Yeah. When my mom called me today and said he had passed away, I'm not kidding you. I my heart absolutely sank. I adored that man. Isn't that something? Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Do you know he beat Vern Gagne? Six in the uh, sixty something. Well, on July 9, 1963, the Crusher beat Gagne, and that made history. Because it unified the Omaha and AWA World Championships. Wrestling was big in Nebraska. In the end, Crusher wore the AWA World Heavyweight title on three separate occasions, establishing himself as one of the premier athletes in the sport. And that's right from the Sports Hall. That's from the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Okay. You know. And I, I can't that keep up with uh, all, of the, uh, all of the emails that I, uh, I uh, am getting on this. Here's one that says the real reason for his mystique was that he was the first bad guy that Minnesota fans turned into a good guy. <laughs> that was a great thing about wrestling. They were a bad guy one week, and then they were a good guy, or good guy, bad guy. He and his wife were well-known patrons at the finest restaurants in Milwaukee, where he was a huge hero. And uh, studio wrestling. This I got emails from people who remember the studio wrestling uh, in their oh, that own. That would have been fun. In their own towns, you know. I, I had slipped my mind that it was the precursor to that night's card. You'd watch on TV and then bug your dad to say, come on, let's go. Let's get down. He's going to fight. Look at how <laughs> mad he is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Charlie? Hey, Joe. Hi. I grew up in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and hmm. the Crusher lived about two blocks from me. Oh, boy. And uh, Reggie had a brother named Ronnie who mm -hmm. looked just like him, and mm -hmm. Ronnie was, my dad was a South Milwaukee police lieutenant, Reggie's brother, Ronnie, was one of my dad's sergeants. Mm -hmm. If there was a bar fight in South Milwaukee, which was known to happen because there was eighty six, there are 86 bars in about a 12-block stretch of Milwaukee Avenue, they would just send Ronnie over there. Mm -hmm. and the door would open, and the fight would immediately stop. <laughs> That's all they the had best, to see, huh? The best, the best story I've got, though, is there was a time one summer when there was a kitchen fire at, at Reggie at Crusher's house. Mm-hmm. And my dad, the fire trucks came, and my dad, being a police officer, just went down, and I went with him to see what was going on. And so he and he and uh, Reggie were shooting the breeze, you know. And, and when you talk to Reggie, when my dad talked to Reggie, it was like you and I are talking right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, people were starting to gather because everybody knew this is where the Crusher lived. Mm -hmm. So he said, 
Howie, hold on for a minute. My dad's name was Howie. He says, Howie, hold on for a minute. i got to do something. Mm-hmm. He walked over, and at the end of his driveway, he had one of these black coach lamps. Right. He starts banging his head on the coach lamp. Oh, my house is on fire. Oh, my house is on fire. <laughs> and then he came back and talked to my dad. Yeah, i got to do that once in a while. You know, oh, <laughs> that is like amazing. That. I, yeah, I he, knew where you were going to go with that story. I, I could tell you were going to tell me that he, w- he was going to change his voice, but I didn't imagine he'd go bang his head on the lamp. He banged the head on the lamp, you know, and, you know, it was one of those black rod with the glass. Uh, <laughs> oh, and my the house is are rattling, and the people are going, oh, look at the Crusher's house. You know? <laughs> but he, was, he was really, he was a great guy. He oh, was he, a great guy. All these stories corroborate that. Yeah, terrific guy. Hey, thank you. Guy. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yep. Just a minute, Copper. Be right back. I got to give him a little taste. <laughs> oh, my house. He just boom. Oh, boom. my word. I had no idea. I had an idea, but not this much right, of an no, idea. To that level. David? Hey. Hi. All right. I'm 46. I'm right betwixt both of you guys, yep. right? Yep. There was high mass and low mass, right? Yep. All right. If you went to 9 o'clock, you got to see wrestling. If you got high mass, you didn't get to see wrestling. Right. You were out of business. Right. So the crusher had such an influence on you that it determined which mass you'd attend. No. I was 10. I got dragged to church. Oh, so you missed it. Well, no. Oh. Like I say, if mom or dad says you're going to 9 yeah, or you're, you're going to, to 11, right. there you go. Well, you preferred 9, I take it. Uh, well, it, yes. Yeah. We had a 10:30 one where you could go and miss that first half an hour because nothing <laughs> happened. It was the second half an hour that yeah. you wanted to be home for. Exactly. Yeah. So you didn't get the you didn't get the real big match in the middle. All right. Time. Th- thanks. Well, that would have been a loser two out of three fall match just to kill time. Dave. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Good. I'm calling from beautiful downtown Milwaukee. The, Wonderful. Uh, the city that the Crusher made famous. I actually grew city, up in the Twin Cities. Is the city mourning today? Well, you know, it's one of those things. I grew up in the Twin Cities. I'm 45. He is a part of our life. Right. But, you know, again, if you're under 40, I don't care where you're living, no one has a clue who he is, who right. Mad Dog Vashon is, who Vern Gagne is. Right. And, you know, a couple things as far as revisionist history, guys. The guy who called in with that great anecdote about waking up with the snowmobile track. Right. Actually, that was done on an um, interview that was with Vern Gagne and Jim Klobuchar. It was not really? Marty O'Neill, oddly enough. I bet, I bet Klobuchar fed him the line. You bet. And yeah. they were just dying. I yeah. mean, it was amazing how they broke up. The second thing, just to clarify, because growing up there, we used to go to the TV tapings at the Calhoun Beach Manor. What it was, it was 6 to 7.30, and then they would. it was basically the winners, like the Crusher and those guys against the Scrubs, as teasers for the cards that started at 9 p.m., either at the old Minneapolis Auditorium or the St. Paul Auditorium. Right. That's how they did it. But a Crusher anecdote here, I've been here now 18 years. About six years ago, he was at a sports memorabilia place signing, and I took my son, who at the time was about seven, you know, had no clue. The lines were out the door to get oh, this guy's autograph. That's amazing. 
So, you know, we po- he, we, he signed the photo, um, he did the autographs, and the thing that comes to mind now, looking at celebrity today, is how the guy was so void of ego that he knew nothing about personal branding, even locally. I mean, a guy like that, you know, could have parlayed his celebrity into far more than he did. And oh, I mean, yeah. I think we're seeing a little bit with the Baron Von Raschke. He's doing a little self-promotion, a little marketing. Granted, he's not making big bucks. Right. But it's a shame, because I always thought of all of us who grew up with the AWA, if Vern or some promoter came and had something in the Twin Cities and, um, you know, Winnipeg and Denver, Milwaukee, like the stars of the AWA fan convention, I bet they'd make some money. Mm -hmm. And these guys could use the money. They never made any. Well, it sounds like the Crusher did pretty well talking to Jim Brunzel about him. Well, I think, you know, they made a living, but, you know, nothing like today. Thank you. You guys, thanks. Great for talking to you. Nice talking to you. Thank you. You're going to get mad at me for this one. No, the, no. The more I'm hearing, uh, for example, he did not parlay his celebrity into a marketing fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was basically kind-hearted. He was basically a loner who kept to himself, but knew what role he was going to play. I'm finding him extremely analogous to Maurice Richard. It is. It's analogous to that. <laughs> it's analogous to that. Maurice Richard. Never capitalized. Oh, uh, I mean, by this, by the standards of those days, the 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 world's marketing machinery wasn't in place yet to turn those guys into instant billionaires. Right, he just went around stopping what he strikes. sold fishing equipment. And what strike did he stop or fight? When he went out and uh, they had to go to him in Canada, and they said he told everybody, "Hey, no, that was down. no, that was." Uh, no, there were riots caused by his suspension in 1956 oh, okay. from the Stanley Cup. But uh, interesting point. The Crusher sounds like a similar type of guy. That that uh, that he was devoid of ego. You know, one of the great anecdotes about Maurice Richard is how carefully he signed his autographs, <laughs> because he he took pride. In the fact that you knew you had received his his name, that's what you liked about him. Oh, uh, that and that and many many <laughs> other things. Don't go overboard. I no, no, start to no, mock you. no. I'm not going overboard, okay. but uh, they those two guys do speak, and boy, they would have been contemporaries. Just humble guys. Yeah. Uh, meat and potatoes speaks uh, to a different era, doesn't it? <laughs> You're not kidding. Ray and Mike of Mosquito Shield want you to decide when you go outside, not the mosquitoes and ticks. These guys are GLers, and they can free your yard of mosquitoes and ticks all summer long, and they continue the servicing until the mosquitoes and ticks go dormant in the fall. And they use a proprietary blend invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. You can't buy it at Fratelloni's. You can't buy it at Menards. This is special stuff that frees your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. They take great care of you. They come out every 10 to 17 days for an application, and they do so, as I say, until those mosquitoes die off in the fall. They stand behind their work, too. If for any reason you need them in between applications, they'll do an additional service call at no charge because they want you to choose when it's time to go inside, not the mosquitoes and ticks. In fact, I'll make it this. They want you to choose when it's time to go outside, not the mosquitoes and ticks. You can find them at MoShield.com, M-O. 
S-H-I-E-L-D, MoShield.com, or give uh, Ray and Mike a call at 612-619-1556. Everybody's staying at home more than they have. You might as well make it comfortable in your own backyard, free of mosquitoes and ticks because of the work of Ray and Mike at MoShield.com. Minnesota business owners have had it rough the past few months. Here in Sioux Falls, we've been doing things differently. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Check out SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business, and we have talented people ready to go to work for you. All in a place with short commutes, safe streets, available buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. Moody's has reaffirmed South Dakota's AAA credit rating, the highest available, citing the state's stable economic outlook and smart handling of coronavirus impacts. Sioux Falls has the people you need to succeed and the freedom you want to operate your business. If you want to be open for business, expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls. Discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Discover better business and a better life in Sioux Falls. You can learn more at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. I have to read you more of these wonderful emails about the crushing. Cindy said, uh, does it surprise you that among your listeners are a lot of wrestling fans? And I contend that this, this has less to do with wrestling than it does with tapping into some fond memory of of some kind of innocence that that we all either sense no longer exists or are desperate to remember or or something. I, I, I'm waiting for an unkind word about the crusher, and there isn't one. I mean, I'm not waiting right. for one. I'm, I'm anticipating that there would be an unkind word, and I can't come across one. Uh, but I'd also say that, yes, you got a lot of wrestling fans from that era, not specifically now. It's changed too much. Right. Uh, Joe, uh, we were also uh, big fans of the crusher and uh, watched him on Channel 11 on Saturday nights. My brother lived in Minneapolis and saw him at a pizza joint one night and became brave enough to ask for an autograph, which he got on a napkin from the establishment. He mentioned how kind, approachable, and what a regular guy he was. We loved him in the time when he was with us. Dean Musing writes that. Joe, uh, both my parents went to high school with the Crusher at South Milwaukee High School, in fact, my mother once went out on a date with him. I That may be true. Uh, uh, Matt from Rochester writes this. But he strikes me as the kind of guy where a lot of women would now uh, apocryphally say they went out on a date with him. You know? <laughs> yes. Because it would have been okay to go out on a date with right, the Crusher. Right, right. Uh, Joe, I have great memories of watching the Crusher and all the other AWA wrestlers because my dad would wrestle with us on the family room floor. My dad would administer the Russian toehold and apply (laughs) whisker rubs. (laughs) It's a family tradition that lives on today. That's why the crusher is so important to us, Tony Collette. Uh, Dan from Hopkins writes, Bobby the Crusher Nolan was our next-door neighbor when I was a kid. And he says, Bobby the Crusher Nolan. So that must mean Bobby Nolan was singing... Give us another 10 seconds of Crusher's song. This apparently was not the Crusher himself, but Bobby Nolan, the head of the group The Novas from Edina. Uh, uh, Sean uh, Jason writes, Crusher's training routine. I've been throwing bums out of my old man's saloon and drinking beer and eating mashed potatoes. (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, Dave uh, Peters writes, the Crusher used to sing a song with the line, I want a beer just like the beer that flattened my old man. (laughs) Here's a story out of uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel from uh, Feb of 04 in which the Crusher is pictured uh, in the headlock of his grandson, his grandson uh, Jake Lasowski who had qualified for a a state wrestling tournament in Milwaukee. So the kid has got the crusher in the headlock. In the headlock. headlock. Larry? Joe, I have these old AWA tapes from the uh, late 70s and early 80s. I've got one queued up here where Greg Gagne gets the crusher to come out of his retirement to be his partner. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. And he found me in my favorite saloon. I gave up my fear about this. And I you, I'm, I will take to be Greg's partner, but he didn't have to ask me twice because we're going to get revenge. I've been training with my style. I want that, Greg. Just a minute here for crying out. Holy. Good Lord. Greg Gagne, what in the world is going on? Man, he knocked the cigar out of my mouth. You learn good, Greg. I'm going to show it. We're going to save that cigar for later. We're going to celebrate with it. Me and Greg on Turkey Day are going to murder that two turkey necks and be the new heavyweight champion of the world. Come on, that big. You're ready. I'm ready. Come on, hey, Come on, Come here for a crime. Holy bull. I can't believe it. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, whatever. Flying loose. Look at this. The Crusher and Ganya call after each other. Hey, fellas, please. I thought oh, they were partnering. Please, they are. Gentlemen, for out loud. gentlemen please. Oh. This is absolutely incredible. We're going to be right back in just a minute. What the devil? Oh, that's it. <laughs> thank you. All that, right. Thank you. That was wonderful. Chris Miller, he's a GLer. He's also the owner of Aim High Construction, based right here in the Twin Cities. And they can get you a roof or any other thing you might need around your home or office. Uh, we gave Chris uh, at my house the go ahead to redo our kitchen deck and a retaining wall next to our house. And boy, we're really excited to see Chris, his project manager, Keith, and the crew get started. I can't wait to supervise. It's going to be a lot of fun. The website is aimhighconstructionmn.com, and they'll help you with design consultation. If you're thinking about a new kitchen or bath or finishing off that basement, they've provided great ideas for us, affordable yet functional and very fabulous looking. And don't go thinking that roof job or something else like that might not interest them, whether it's roof uh, weather-related, shingle damage, or the roof has reached the end of its life cycle. Aim High Construction, they're going to be there and gone in a matter of a few days or less. They want to do your job. Roofing, siding, decks, windows, the list goes on and on. Remodels, kitchens, etc., etc. They're going to do it with pride, skill, and an eye for detail. The website is aimhighconstructionmn.com. That's aimhighconstructionmn.com. Put your project in the hands of someone who really cares about you and your project. It's the GLers at aimhighconstructionmn.com. 45 years ago would have been uh, what? 1960? Yes, 65, right? Well, 1965 would have been 40 years ago. What did you say, 50? I said 45 years ago would have been 1960. Okay. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. In 1960, Crusher was 34. All right? Okay. 
What athlete today, what 34-year-old athlete today in any sport who dies 40 years from now will be talked about like this? Who 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 are the, who would the kids who would the uh, for the if, kind of guy if you're you now a uh, 10 15 years old 45 50 years from now what athlete of your generation right now would you be talking about on radio when that athlete dies at the age of 79 I can't come up with one now it's not because Today's athletes are dramatically superior to the 34-year-old athlete of 1960. Training's better. Aerobic conditioning is better. Diets are better. Weight weight knowledge is better. Everything's better. Mm -hmm. But who who commands this kind of attention today? Well, because you're talking about character, too, not just athletic ability. Well, that and I think saturation. There are so many teams— uh, so many great athletes. Uh, who in, who in the world would 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 people forty five years from now be calling a radio show and sharing these fond memories of the guy? It also says something about accessibility that you could people could get close to the crusher. People had the sense that. Uh, that they were uh, seeing kind of a hybrid world of entertainment and ath- athletics. Uh, that they might might have, uh, you know, maybe in Miami you, you're not having this show today, uh, not only because Wilma just blew through, but, you know, the Crusher wasn't a big deal in Miami. Maybe it's because he was so uh, regionalized that people are able to have these these recollections. Uh I, who, who, there's nobody that springs no, to my mind that 45 years from now, you're going to be reading emails and, uh, and devoting uh, hours of talk to the memory of this guy. Mary? Hey, Joe. Hi. How are you? Good. Um, I think your one emailer was right about how it brings back memories. I grew up... Uh, in the 50s and early 60s, and remember the Crusher and all the boys in my neighborhood. I mean, it was just hilarious. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this story or not where he talks about, um, I, I obviously I can't do his voice, but mm-hmm. he says that uh, the woman he married is the only woman that deserved me and I deserve her. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, she's the only woman I know that can carry up two beer kegs up a flight of steps. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was I thought ma- you'd appreciate that, Joe. Her <laughs> name was Faye. She died in 2003. They were oh. married for 55 years. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I haven't thought about the crusher in years. Neither have I. I. Mean, but when this, you're right, though, but I think it is that innocence. Somebody, people our age in our mid-50s, and we just, it just brings you, it just brings me back like it was yesterday. You know, talking about when the boys, you know, they all wanted to talk like the crusher. Well, plus, know, so. uh, plus, in in the absence of any evidence to the contrary, he apparently was a good guy. Oh yeah, I well yes, you know, I I, I never really believed the wrestling, but uh, the well, I shouldn't say I didn't believe it, but I didn't really watch it just other than listen to the boys in the neighborhood, you know, talking about it. But I think that's what it is. It's just kind of 
like you said, he was a bad guy, but then he really turned out to be the good guy. All right. Thank you. But anyway, thanks. Thank you. Joe? Uh, hi, Mayor. Great hi. show today. Yeah, it's fun. My call. Uh, I think the nostalgic look back is, uh, is, is part of that uh, thing about the crusher, but I think the other part is that he was, to, in my mind, he was one of the first of the good bad guys. Uh, a bad guy that we liked. Oh, that's a very so good point. A, a point. The other thing is, I don't know if there's a, I wouldn't attempt an amateur link. I'll leave it up to you. You just mentioned the name of Bob Nolan and the Novas. Right. Um, and people have been calling in today about the Crusher and uh, the kind of class guy he was. Uh, think of the, the recent uh, uh, revelations about the Vikings and stuff like that. Right. Bob Nolan's parents uh, owned Alan Almas. Oh, come on. No. That's eerie. A, when it was just a supper club, uh, and not with yachts or anything like right. that. And uh, I can remember going out there in college with my friends. It was a bottle, uh, it was a BYOB. They had setups and uh, beer, I think. Yeah. Best liver and onions uh, in town, and uh, uh, garlic toast to die for. And, oh. Uh, we'd finish off the night at the Minnetonka Mist, as if we needed that after, uh, right. after an evening. Right. So, so that was owned by the Nolans? I believe so, yes. Yes, so I'll leave it to you to find any linkage there. I'll just I'm just laying another piece of minutia on here. Although the the, the the linking is is haunting. <laughs> it's haunting. All right, thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. The recorder of a song, the 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 lead singer of a song dedicated to the crusher. If this guy's right. Mhm had as parents the owners of Alan Almas in Mound, which uh, probably a couple of sales later uh, was the site of the uh, sailing of the USS Fred Smoot. Isn't that, isn't USS that, there, that isn't even a link. I don't know what that is. That's a paradoxical diddle. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The guy who sang the Crusher, his mom and dad owned the establishment that has become the uh, the focus of the uh, sailing of the uh, of the Smooterville. Is and and uh, it's a very small. Well, you've you've gone from the celebration of uh, innocence in the song "You Turkey Neck" <laughs> to. To these morons who were out on the boat three weeks ago. Isn't that something? Hey, brah. What's up, brah? You got to tell me about Elevated. So they are the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, Rook. You know our guys, Ryan and Tom. They've owned yep. those both, both those establishments in White Bear Lake and at Hiawatha and 42nd in South Minneapolis. But here's what's really cool about that. What? You can download the app or just go online to elevatedbws.com. Search the Shop Now button. Yep. Boom. I got You've my seen phone me in action right doing it from here before. I like to be like you. If you are inside the 694-494 loop, you can have yep. that fine quality delivered right to your door, your place of business, what have you, for just a flat fee of $5.99. You're it's a stealing it. It's You're a stealing it. You should do it. The best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, elevatedbws.com. And make sure when you get in touch with those guys that you heard about it on, let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. All right, GLs, before we get back to the scramble, I've got one more a small crusher segment. Just kind of a close out this uh, 
scramble afternoon. The scramble's coming. And we'd like to think, find folks at Sioux Falls Development online at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Fewer taxes, higher profits. Thank you to them for sponsoring the Garage Logic podcast, SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Suchi boy? I had a whole list of Garage Logic business that we had to take care of today. Is that the one you set aside at the beginning of the show over there? Yeah. Okay. Dick? Yes. Go ahead. I'd like to share with you about, oh, in the, back in the 60s, uh, late 50s, early 60s, we were all fans, all my buddies of the Crusher, and we used to hang out at the roadside drive-in out across from where Harmar Mall is now. And One night we got a, there was no talk radio back then, but there was a show that was on one night, and they made a pre-advertising about it where they said, tonight we're going to have the Crusher on. Well, the word spread. We're all sitting on the cars, on our hoods of our cars out there at the roadside drive-in, and on comes the Crusher. And mm-hmm. there's two excerpts from there I can remember. I've told them a million times since, and every one of my buddies remember them. But you talk about dealing with women, and the one guy that made that point about he's, uh, he was kind of the bad man's good man. And, and the big thing that the people didn't like that he brought in was the beer playing the alcohol line. Everything was beer. Mm-hmm. My wife carries kegs and so on. But I'll give you two quick ones. In my old age, I don't know if my voice can still do the crusher, but the first one was kind of short and sweet. A bunch of kids in the dorms at Hamlin College called in. The announcer says, you're on with the crusher. And he says, crusher, you know, we're all sitting in our dorm here. We all think the world of you, and we've all been kind of wondering here tonight, what's your first name? And there was a slight pause, and he says, the. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? And then the second one was even better. A woman calls in, a nice mother of kids, and she's, you know, you've got a couple kids. She says, Crusher, I do, we just idolize you. My kids, they worship you every Sunday morning. Whenever the wrestling's on, they watch all the time. But I just would like to make a request of you. Is there any way you could downplay the beer thing, you know, where you're always promoting drinking beer and all of those kinds of things. I mean, I don't think it's necessary. And if it wasn't for that, all the other things they just love and idolize. Isn't there any way you could back off? And he kind of hesitated while he says, Well, lady, he says, I tell you what. When me and my cousin, the bruiser, when we were little babies growing up down in Milwaukee, he says, you know them little bottles with the nipple on that your mother gives you? Our parents put beer in them. And and so she says, she says, and she laughed. You know, she laughed out loud. We're just rolling off the cars into the parking lot oh. laughing at this deal. There were about 20 really good ones, but these are the two I remember. So she says, and she laughed, and she says, well, that's what I mean. I know that's funny, but, I mean, do you have to do that in front of the kids? And he says, well, lady, I'll tell you what. I understand where you're coming from. And he says, I'll gladly come over to your house someday, and I'll sit out in your kitchen. And we'll sit and talk about this as long as you got a case of beer in the refrigerator. <laughs> Thanks. I, I'm remembering it pretty well because I've told it a hundred times. But he was uh, really uh, his sense of humor was beyond you know anybody I've ever known. Thank I you. Loved him. Thank you. A match with the odd couple in a cage. If you think they're odd now, what do you think they're gonna look like when I throw them through that cage? <laughs> They didn't want this when you heard Lonzo screaming, Crush. You know they didn't want it. Finally. Thank God today is Friday. T-G-T-I-E. Friday.
wants to scramble. And there you have it, GLers. That's your uh, unnumbered number five best of Garage Logic podcast for the week. The staff will be back next week in living audio color. So we'd like to appreciate that you guys have tuned in, and we've got some great sponsors that we want. This is a Scramble Friday, so feel free to do whatever you want to do. And remember that Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores are a Garage Logic sponsor, and they have been from day one. Also, Aquaside, we appreciate their sponsorship. If you want a weed-free lawn, not a weed-free lawn, if you want a weed-free beach, you call Aquaside, and they'll help you out with that, as well as Sioux Falls development.com and don't forget about pod mn as we head out now for the weekend pod mn on your smartphone and pod mn.com and that would be on your computer they'll help you find all the greatest minnesota podcasts everything we've got fret club garage logic inside garage logic the beer show table talk with rookies families got another uh, episode that drops this sunday morning so check it all out. We appreciate it, and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful week if you had it off. If not, you were working. I'm really glad you're working. <laughs> all right. Catch you next time. PodMN on your smartphone or PodMN.com on your computer. Should we close it out, Reeves? All right, Reeves says close it out. We're closing it out, bro. Catch you next time. It's Miller time. Look, look. I got to get me the beer.